I'd like to thank your rector for his invitation. Here in the Gospel reading, I'd like to begin. I'm wearing the cross of St. Augustine. And St. Augustine is the missionary who brought 40 monks from Rome and uh, spread the Gospel. And today we find his chair in the Cathedral of Canterbury there since 1600 years. St. Augustine has said, Miracles are not in contradiction to nature. They're only in contradiction with what we know of nature. The story of the wedding at Cana is not a simple tale of super miracle, exposing Jesus' supernatural power of turning water into wine. I've heard some criticism of this story. We may ask, couldn't Jesus think of anything better to do than to turn six urns of water into wine? The trouble with this approach to the text, as with many search, as any search for the historical Jesus is that, that biblical stories were told for the sake of their symbolism more than the interest of journalism. Jesus turned water into wine, not to keep the bridal party from being embarrassed and not to validate the practice of drinking, but because of sign value of wine to the biblical people. John's Gospel is the only Gospel among four Gospels which mentions uh, about this miracle. And in this Gospel, we also read seven great signs that Jesus performs to reveal to the believer who he is. And if you look at the top of the bulletin, you'll see this is the second Sunday of Epiphany. Epiphany means the revelation of Jesus, who he is. And, he and even the Gentile nations, the three wise men from Persia, from Africa, and from uh, Middle East, they came and they traveled and finally arrived and they worshiped Jesus Christ as a child. But they understood he is the savior of the world so that Epiphany came to them on the Feast of Epiphany. The first sign is in Cana is about an abundant, extravagant, hilarious amount of wine. We may pose a question here. What does Jesus reveal about himself? What is the Epiphany here by this gesture? In the biblical tradition, wine is the symbol of glad hearts. And we Episcopalians definitely appreciate as wine as gladden the hearts of the believers. We love it. The prophets also use the image of abundant wine running down the mountains as a sign of hope in the nation's restoration after exile. John the Baptist, before the coming of Jesus Christ, 
on the scene had called people to repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. The wedding banquet story is an invitation to the whole of humanity that the kingdom of God has come near them in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus offers the never-ending celebration as a metaphor of the kingdom of God taking incarnational presence born in human flesh among us. Uh, he's, he, he's now the late Archbishop of Canterbury, famous theologian, and has written a beautiful commentary on St. John's Gospel, Archbishop Temple. He has said, and I quote, In any case, the creator of matter is exercising his lordship over it. The modest water saw its God and blushed. The modest water saw his creator's face and it blushed from water it turned to red wine. What a beautiful way of explaining. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in the Cana of Galilee and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. It was a moment of epiphany. It was a moment of Kairos, the appointed time of God, because prophets and sages had prophesied for hundreds and hundreds of years, and people have been waiting, and that is the Kairos time when John the Baptist gave the kingdom of God is at hand. Behold the Lamb of God. And it was a moment of Kairos that people had the epiphany that here is the Savior of the world born unto them, even proclaimed by the angels from heaven to the shepherds. It was a moment, as I say, of epiphany and Kairos for the disciples to celebrate the presence of God among them. Remarkable, isn't it? that his glory is revealed in this simple act. Let me ask you, why? Why do the disciples put their faith in Jesus? Is it simply because of the miracle? You must remember that they have only been with Jesus for a few days or a few weeks. They have, been, they have seen no proof that he is anything else but a teacher, a rabbi, and only heard a bit of his teaching. Is it the miracle that wins their devotion or something else? It seems to me that the miracle that wins their devotion uh, or something else is that they saw at that moment the presence of God who said, let there be light, and there was light. He looked at this ordinary water and saw the Creator God looking at, as its Archbishop Temple says, blushed and turned into wine. 
They come to know face to face the epiphany, the glory of the Lord, that glory which Moses had seen and he could not behold it and he had to cover his face. Now face to face, ordinary smelly Galilean fishermen saw that glory of God standing in front of them. That was the revelation. That was the epiphany moment. The sign at Cana tells us that Jesus served a, a God who put joy into life, who thinks it's worth a miracle to keep the party going on as we celebrate Jesus' presence among us. Throughout his life and his ministry, Jesus of Nazareth celebrated people. People getting married. People being healed of disease and deformity. People enjoying meals together. Canonia, fellowship, is part of really the ingredient of being a Christian fellowship. He carried spirit of celebration with him what, wherever he went as he proclaimed a God of mercy, God of peace, and of joy. This joyous feast at Cana is still sign to the church that we are to rejoice in the people of God and to toast to the world with the amazing good news of grace that Jesus Christ is the Lord and we can only proclaim it with the power of the Holy Spirit as we hear it in the appointed lesson in the first Corinthians. The disciples put their faith in Jesus not solely because of a miracle, turning the water into wine, but because they saw in Jesus new wine, a new way, a new teaching. Who knows? Perhaps he even could be the Messiah they were guessing all the time. Jesus changed water into wine, but soon he was to transform their ordinary lives into exhilaration. I suppose at one time or another, we have all heard Myra Brooks Welch's poem, The Touch of the Master's Hand. The Touch of the Master's Hand. It goes like this. It is battered and scarred. And the auctioneer thought it scarcely worth his while to waste much time on the old violin. He held it up with a smile. What I'm bidding, good folks, he cried. Who will start bidding for me? A dollar, a dollar, then two, only two, two dollars. Who will make it three? going for three, but no. From the back of the room, a gray-haired man came forward and picked up the ball. And wiping the dust from the old while and tightening the loose strings, he played a melody so sweet, as sweet as the angels sing. The music ceased. 
the auctioneer with a voice that was quiet and low. Now, what am I to bid? What am I to bid for this violin? Old violin. He held it up with a low voice. A thousand dollars? Who will make it two? Two thousand? Who will make it three? Three thousand once? Three thousand twice? And going and going and gone. The people cheered, but some of them cried, We do not understand what changed its worth. Swift came the reply, the touch of the master's hand. He touches the wedding and lifts it not just with a miracle, but also with his presence. He takes this, this ordinary wedding and transforms it that which is now an extraordinary moment. He know, we know from all four gospel accounts that the disciples were very ordinary Galilean men. He takes a fisherman by the name of Peter and transforms him into the great preacher of Christendom. He takes a young, frail, frightened girl by the name of Teresa and transforms her into noble peace, a noble peace laureate by the name Mother Teresa of Calcutta. He takes the chosen frozen Episcopalians of Vera Beach, Florida, and have turned you into a joyful celebratory community to proclaim the joy and the good news of the gospel where Jesus has planted you here in this community. He takes an ordinary country boy from Pakistan and enables him to proclaim the joy and the power of the saving grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ to people in Pakistan throughout USA, in Kenya, South Sudan, and the wider Anglican communion in 185 countries. Jesus, my brothers and sisters, has the power to transform the ordinary into something extraordinary. I invite you to call upon Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Seek the touch of the Master. When you hold that O bread, now by the power of the Holy Spirit transformed, into the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Receive that transformation into your life that the blessing of this holy sacrament will empower you, renew you, and you'll continue to live as the living testimony to proclaim Jesus Christ as the Lord, my Savior, the King of Kings, 
and the Lord of Lord of this parish and us as individuals in this community. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our Trinity Episcopal Church podcast. To find out more about the work God is doing through Trinity, visit us online at trinitybureau.org and follow us on Facebook. Facebook.